0: Today, I'm here with His Excellency Bishop Joseph Strickland, America's bishop, good bishop, lots of news in the last month, his dismissal by Pope Francis from the Diocese of Tyler, also more news coming out in the recent days. So Bishop
1: Strickland, welcome. Thank you, Tyler.
0: Good I, was to just saying be, I was just saying before we started, I just cut my beard off and you got a beard going, kind of going the opposite directions here. On the facial hair. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I know we've spoken, you know, privately yeah. and all that, but um, where are you now? And uh, actually, before you say, where are you? I just want to hear everyone here. Why do you love being a Catholic, Your Excellency? Why do you love being a Catholic?
1: Well, because it's the church that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ established. So... where else do we go um he started it and so that's why i love everything about the church um certainly she is scarred she's corrupted that that was true from the very beginning um and we but that doesn't stop i mean you love your wife i'm sure deeply she's not perfect but you love every aspect of her and the, it's the same for me that the church is my spouse as a celibate priest and there's great joy in that there's great trauma at times there's it's a it's a it's quite a relationship i will put it that way but um it is one full of love and uh as i've really tailored what's interesting about this each phase of this I feel stronger. It's like I've gotten an injection of sanctifying grace. Um, Maybe I actually have, but certainly I pray and people are praying for me. That makes a difference. Um, And I know we are going to pray as we begin this conversation. And we need to do that. We need to be people of prayer. And the church is my love, truly.
0: That's beautiful. I liked how you use the analogy of matrimony because, you know, sometimes we have to say difficult things about what's going on in the church and say this isn't right, like you did at the USCCB meeting back in what was that, 2018. And some people will say, you know, like if you were in a, a marriage and you were communicating an issue in the marriage, and the other person says you hate me, you you aren't in and 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 freaked out. You you couldn't really have a true friendship, a true marriage. Marriage requires being able to communicate problems and find solutions to make the marriage deeper. And, and we know that the church is the bride of Christ. So you know, you have been one, and there's others, you know, have been saying, hey, there's some problems here. Um, let's get back to the gospel. Let's get back to scripture tradition, and and let's try to get everything in conformity with Christ. And then people say, Uh, Bishop Strickland is a schismatic or Bishop Strickland is a Protestant. Uh, They say similar things about me, but you're much more high profile. You're a bishop. Uh, How do you respond to the people who have kind of dogpiled on you in the last month?
1: Well, you do your best to respond with love as Christ says, love your enemies. Um, And, you know, I, I don't know these people. It's just, impressions that people have of me. Um, I really, I don't feel that I have enemies, Uh, but certainly people that are against you or say things that are hurtful um, and not true, uh, speculate about things. It is um, not easy, but the best response is to love, to keep telling the truth, to not let negative uh, feedback push you away I mean you know I I pray a lot and I try to be open to I've done a lot of soul searching and and a lot of people probably think I've gone crazy (laughs) and I've asked myself am I on some sort of wrong path what am I doing wrong here if I'm doing something wrong and certainly I will freely admit that I haven't handled everything perfectly. I make mistakes. I overreact sometimes or go with information that turns out not to be really accurate, but I have to speak up. I have to speak for the truth of the church. Um, And I think one of the differences between me and most other bishops, I know bishops that do speak the truth where they are, but they keep it local. It's a universal church. And yes, my responsibility was to be the shepherd of the flock of Tyler. And that's where I always tried to focus first. But in these days, especially, you say something, it gets people's attention. Um, And as I've said many times, Taylor, I started reading the catechism out loud. And people said, oh, what's a bishop talking like that for? I, I'm in a very non-Catholic area. I'm still here in Tyler, you know, preparing to, to move. And I'm not in any big rush. I'm not sure where I'm going, but I'm still here in East Texas. It's a beautiful area. I'm not very Catholic. And I've had people, going back to your question, um, I've had people say, are you going to start your own church? <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> absolutely not. I can't. I won't. They'll have to truly eliminate me before I would go to another church. That is just not in my world. Uh, can I start another church or go to another? There is no other church really in our faith. The Catholic Church is the church. Um, so I, in that, thankfully through prayer, and I know the the prayerful support of so many people. Um, One, you know, people have given me some personal uh, financial support. Also someone, uh, a memo on a check I received recently, just a relatively small check, but very kind, very generous of this person. But they they said hazardous duty pay (laughs) is what they put on the memo of the check. (laughs) Um, And uh, another card said, thanks for taking one for the team Um, and really Taylor, I am proud to take whatever, I mean, any suffering that we experience in this world pales in comparison to the suffering of our Lord Jesus Christ. I, it, I don't even like to talk about it in the same context because, you know, any suffering that I've experienced and it, 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 there has been an element of the cross, but Christ tells us to take up our cross and there's glory on the other end. Um, So I'm grateful that even though I'm still on the journey, I've received lots of consolations, a lot of support, and a lot through prayer of just, like I said, I've really tried to examine my conscience and ask myself, am I doing something wrong? Am I somehow embracing a false message? I cannot believe that I am. I may not express myself perfectly or you certainly, like I said, I make mistakes, but I'm speaking the unchanging truth that Jesus Christ walked this earth to share with us. And as John's gospel says, I I refer to this a lot because I think that's a big part of what is missing. We don't know everything. Hmm. We don't know the fullness of the wonder of truth. That is God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And in humility, we need to just, as humanity in the world today, I think that's one of our big problems, arrogance. We think we've got it all figured out. There are people pulling levers in the church and in governments. I mean, with these horrible wars, the the flock suffers. The flock of just the people in a nation. I mean, it's just the the ordinary people trying to live their lives, that's who really suffers. And it's the same with the church. I mean, these decisions get made. The people here are suffering. I I feel badly because, I mean, people, as I've said, Taylor, it's like I had died, but I'm not dead. And what I mean by that is people don't know what to say. They're, They're sort of fumbling when they see me they they burst into tears. I mean, it's, you know, it's like, and you know, I'm gone from Tyler. And that is there is a grieving process for me in that, because this has been East Texas has always been my home and Tyler has been my home for most of my adult life since I was 26 years old. And you know, I don't intend to totally disappear from Tyler, but In any official way, I won't be here as a Catholic bishop. Um, I I will and have visit a lot of friends, sometimes in larger gatherings, sometimes in smaller, sometimes just the family home. Um, But as far as being a Catholic leader, that's not, you know, that's not my job here any longer. And out of respect for the flock, I intend to move on because, you know, I'm a bit of a lightning rod, I guess, um, because I, I talked the truth of Jesus Christ and I'm going to continue to. And especially because of that, um, I think I do need to just respect the fact that I have no official presence here. I will continue to pray for this flock. I love these people. I love this area. Um, and I know they're praying for me. I will visit frequently. But as far as official Catholic things, I think that will be very limited or for a time probably non-existent. Um, and that that's hard, but in, its that's not anything that I've been instructed or I haven't been told that, but just really out of care for the flock. Um, I've been in situations where a previous priest wanted to come, and, and the people wanted them. And I said, "You're welcome to to come." But I think in this situation, <clears throat> it uh, I don't know exactly how it will unfold. But certainly, it's not my responsibility. I, I mean, I, I'd still feel the responsibility as a successor of the apostles to speak the truth. I Man, I like this video, people here in Tyler can watch it as much as people in wherever. Um, That's the world we live in. The communication is open to all. So, and I've thought about that because as you know, probably people have moved here because they believe in what I believe in and they like me talking about it and saying no to things that are contrary to what we believe as Catholics. So people have moved here and it's, it's kind of like, well, the people in Tyler are now like the rest of the world has been, they can still listen. They can still receive letters that I'll put on my website, which I'm intending to do very soon. Um, but the physical pastoral presence of me and Tyler is over and we all have to kind of adjust to that and, and get used to the idea that, um, this place that I've loved and served for almost forty years as a priest—it's um, no longer my turf. Um, it's no longer a place where I can officially be a, a Catholic bishop teaching. Uh, in you know you know what I mean in a in a physical presence in the cathedral or in one of the churches. Um, so and that I guess. I'm just talking. If you need to interrupt me, go ahead. But uh, one thing that's been difficult for me is just celebrating Mass. I've celebrated Mass in a church only once since I was removed. Um, I mean, I was up in Baltimore, celebrated Mass in a hotel room a couple of days there. I've celebrated Mass in a number of private homes here. And I've celebrated mass. I did have one funeral at the cathedral, um, but you know it was kind of eerie because I I didn't, of course, sit in the cathedral, and it had already been the my seal of the bishop had already been removed. So it's you know it's kind of an odd place to be. But frankly, Taylor, as as I've prayed about it and thought about it, like I said, my suffering is minuscule, but I'm, I'm ready to offer whatever there is of suffering to the Lord as my mother, probably both of us have heard from our parents offer it up, you know, join it to the cross of Christ. That's what we do as Catholics. That's what the Mass is. So, um, whatever modicum of suffering is, is part of my life. I do my best to just offer it to the Lord and, you know, kind of take one for the team and do it with great joy and pride that the Lord is at someone told me just recently God must really love you <laughs> and, and I thought well you're right I, I don't know that I've had holy I haven't been holy enough to to really think of it in those terms but he loves all of us and when we suffer I mean Christ tells us that when we suffer we're joined to him more deeply so um it's a it's a strange time but and i don't know what the future holds i'm going on retreat uh for the first part of advent um and i think that will be good to just sort of reboot um good spiritual time quiet and uh i'm going to uh fast from twitter (laughs) a lot of people will applaud that probably but I, I will put that on Twitter Then I'm going to fast for the season of advent from tweeting, I guess it's still tweeting. I don't know that X thing, <laughs> but I will be back. So those who are cheering that I'm off Twitter, um, sorry, it's only temporary for those who will miss my voice. I'll be back to celebrate the nativity of the Lord. Um, but I think that's for my own sanity, for my own spiritual peace. That's just another aspect of kind of retreating for a while um, and really taking the time to go deeper. And that's been my message. Um, I received a, a really heartbreaking email yesterday from a young man. I think he's in Florida. I'm not even sure, but we've been communicating for several years now. And he had thanked me for sort of pulling him back from the edge. Of saying I'm leaving the Catholic Church, and I would say please don't leave. This is your home. Yes, we're we're all upset with some of the, the things going on, but please don't leave. And I would say the same thing to everyone listening that I have said that, and I'll keep repeating it because there are people that are saying I've had it. This you know is the straw that breaks the camel's back. Um, but as I've said, as we started, nothing. Nothing, no one, no power on earth. I mean, I feel like St. Paul, but what he says, I can join St. Paul saying, absolutely no power on earth will separate me from Jesus Christ and his bride, the church. They can't do it. It will not happen. And I urge everyone to, to learn their faith better, to pray more, to be stronger Catholics through all this and not let it push you away or weaken your faith be stronger to me i think in ironic ways my faith is absolutely stronger through these years really starting in many ways with 2018 and the mccarrick scandal and really taylor interestingly uh uh, that theme kind of keeps coming up in my life and in and it has not been dealt with There was a report issued that was a sham. It truly was. And I really didn't say that when I was, I mean, I did speak that it wasn't as complete as it should be, but it was a smokescreen. It was not a report. And that is a disservice to the church and to the world. And a lot of what's the corruption in the church today is Still rooted in that McCarrick scandal. And I believe it needs to be opened up. And I believe someday it will, hopefully sooner than later. But I really believe the McCarrick scandal is a cancer on the body of Christ. The body of Christ will not die. And people need to understand that. I mean, I'm sure for both of us as men of faith, I know you're a convert, I'm a cradle Catholic, but both of us deeply love this church. And I'm sure we have both had to retool, in a sense, our understanding. What does it mean the gates of hell will not prevail? It looks like they're prevailing, but they will not ultimately prevail. And the greatest model of the church that I've seen recently, I mean, there are many ways of speaking of the church, but the one that I hang on to is the mystical body of christ because that is a connection of hearts to the sacred heart of christ to the immaculate heart of mary and those kind of connections that love connection that is the church no power on earth will ever destroy I've, i believe that's what christ is saying when he says to peter as he says you are rocking upon this rock i will build my church And the gates of hell shall not prevail I believe that's what he means because when we know Jesus Christ and Peter knew him Peter failed he denied him after that but he came back because Lord to whom shall we go those are Peter's words and we need to embrace those words learn our faith more deeply speak up when things are said that are totally false evil and ridiculous. The things that are coming out of the Vatican, too much of it is just ridiculous. And we need to just know our faith so well that no one can convince us that something that was true 500 years ago, 1500 years ago, 2000 years ago, suddenly, poof, it changed because somebody said it changed. It doesn't happen that way. That's not humanity. That's not the world that God created. And we need to be strong. We need to be compassionate and loving. As St. Paul says also, we're not fighting flesh and blood. We're fighting powers and principalities of evil. And I'm, I'm not calling any, none of us are the embodiment of evil, but I'm a sinner. We all are. And to the degree that we're giving into evil, we're giving into sin and darkness, and too many people are masquerading as, oh, this is a new spirit in town, a new spirit. The Holy Spirit is the only spirit. And if you notice sometimes in talking, even things that were said at the sin, oh, we have to listen to the spirit. How about the Holy Spirit? We need to, and I encourage people to, to recognize, when we speak of the Holy Spirit, that is one of the names of the triune God. And just as we bow our heads at the name of Jesus, and thankfully many people do that still, very reverent at the name of Jesus. But when the Holy Spirit is mentioned, we need to remember we're speaking of God. And when people talk about the spirit of this or that, I mean, you, you know, that sounds like a football team. You know, sure you have spirit for your team, but the Holy Spirit, is a divine category, and we need to make that distinction very clear. And if the Holy Spirit is always going to guide us to the deposit of faith and to the ancient truth, guide us deeper into it. But the Holy Spirit doesn't make U turns. Yeah. You know,
0: people have said often. Well, Bishop Strickland got canceled because he went to the uh, Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence at the Dodger game. But I think if you followed your career, your preaching, your teaching, you realize that this has been... They've had a target on your back for a lot longer than, what was it, June of 2023. Um, In fact, I think all this started canonically long before this summer at the Dodgers park in Los Angeles. My opinion, and I'd like to have you correct me on it. My opinion is they put a target on your back at USCCB meeting 2018, because you said McCarrick and you said, this is not sufficient. We need investigations. And I think from that day forward, you were dead man walking. Am I right or wrong on that?
1: Taylor, uh, I believe you're absolutely spot on. I didn't even, you know, I didn't really put that all together until recently, but I think absolutely. And the church knows men that were sitting in that room, bishops and others. I don't want to get into the, the people, but there were people sitting there who were guilty of exactly what I was challenging. And that's why that I believe i truly believe that's where it started 2018. And I keep, I mean, it wasn't just one, one blast, I guess, but I kept talking about it. And that's really when I started getting so active in teaching the catechism and challenging things that were contrary to the catechism. I tried to do it always with respect for anyone because if you look at the saints who have fought these battles before us, one of the lessons is always respect the child of God that you're dealing with. Even if you are absolutely livid at the foolishness and the evil they're embracing, they remain a child of God that's how god sees us and that is it's a challenge i mean i make mistakes i have to confess my sins certainly thoughts i mean you know uh, thankfully i I keep my mouth shut when it comes to actually attacking a person even though i may feel like it Um, but i've had to confess at times having thoughts that were not loving toward others and thankfully not going to the point of acting on it or saying things or blasting off, you know, hateful messages, but we've got to love each other. I mean, that's what Christ tells us. The, the, the Christ the King gospel that we just celebrated, the Novus Ordo calendar, just this Sunday, the 26th of November, the gospel was, you know, separating the sheep from the goats. And what's the separation? Did you, did you feed me? Did you give me water? Did you give me clothing? Did you give me housing? Just did you care for each other? And to me, that really reminds us, all of us, living our faith is a day-to-day journey of mostly pretty simple things, living love, caring for that person. And we sadly see too many examples of that not happening in modern society. I mean. You hear the reports all the time of somebody's being beat up. People have their cell phones recording it, but nobody's stepping in to say, stop this, help this person. That's what Christ says. Help the person, whatever their needs are. Know that they're loved by God as we are grateful we're loved by God. Um, So I think that we just have to, to listen to Christ in lovingly, challenge the the false messages that are too way too many certainly in just general society but also sadly from the hierarchy of the church um, as I forget but one of the uh, good the bishops and cardinals that speaks up um, I remember one of them it may have been Cardinal Sarah but specifically saying we are in a crisis of the hierarchy. And I think in many ways that's true, because, you know, in the same thing, I see the parallels with the nation, the United States that I love as well. I mean, I was raised as a kid to be patriotic, to love our nation. And our poor nation is in deep trouble. And it's the same reality in both. I mean, that's what leadership is there's still so many wonderful people in this country, but the leaders are taking us down a path and pushing us down a path that could lead to the destruction of the United States. We don't have that divine guarantee as a nation that the church has. The church can be altered significantly and maybe needs to be, but the church has that divine guarantee that the gates of hell will not prevail. But in both cases, it's really... A few people with power, and I, I presume through history, that's really always the case. But a few people with power are the ones harming the church and harming the world and the nation. And, you know, i we've, all, we've both heard, you know, it's bold to speak against power. I guess that's what I've done. And that's what I started in 2018. And the power didn't like it. And the power tried to take care of it um you know again i don't have the right really to compare to jesus christ but they shut him up by crucifying him but it didn't work he rose from the dead he came back um so you can't shut up truth that's what it comes down to and that's my strength is to stay with the truth um, I've mentioned the image of the plumb line of truth and I like that image because, you know, like I said, I'm a sinner. I, I get confused or, or just make the wrong judgment at times. But that plumb line, you know, that clear line of truth, if you know it and you, you know, you, you slip a bit in sin or just being mistaken, you just come back. You constantly come back to that plumb line of truth. That's what the world needs to come to, and and certainly the church. One of the tragic realities of our time, the church at different times in history, I mean, the church has had her struggles, but the church has been a strength for humanity, as it should be, a divine institution. It should be there to strengthen and guide people that are under tyrants and despots and experiencing wars and tragedies. The church should be there to guide people and to bring them strength in the truth. Sadly, the church is, is not strong in the truth either. So it's a very difficult time to have both the world in so many ways, our nation and the church all weak and being guided down dark paths that take us away from the ancient truths of our faith and even the truths that help make this a great nation.
0: Yeah, I, I, they got you, you're a Bishop, I'm a layman. So I'm just going to say it out loud and I'm a convert, like you said, and I came into the church believing we have the papacy and apostolic succession and the holy sacrifice, of the mass and the gift of confession and priestly absolution and just the saints and all these gifts. And then I, I got in and I lived the Catholic life. I still do, still love the church. But I was just so puzzled in 2018 that the number one bishop, the cardinal, the kingmaker, who was involved with politics and senators and presidents and was so instrumental in appointing bishops and cardinals in the United States, that he was molesting boys. And for me, as a convert, I had to, like you were saying, you're always like, am I doing something wrong? You have to think, did I make a mistake? And I'll just be vulnerable to everybody on the internet right now. You have that thought, like, did I make a mistake? How could the most powerful cardinal in the United States, and then we get the letter from Vigano, and you start to learn more, kind of the people lift up the curtain, and you think, now, how can this be the one holy Catholic and apostolic church. It's a gut check. And that's what kind of put me down the trail of writing the book Infiltration. I'm not trying to plug a book right now, but it was a personal journey of, well, how is the church true? She is true. And yet you have these wicked, not just Judas's or Judas priest, Judas bishop, Judas cardinal, and then there's just, except for you and maybe a few others, there's just silence amongst the bishops. And I really think this is a, this is not over. I think synodality is a smokescreen. I think important people in Rome and even Pope Francis realize that this, this is an oil spill. This is a dumpster fire. It is still burning here in the American church. And I, I talked to people in Europe, a lot of traditional Catholics. And, you know, they don't fully understand the American Catholic angst because I don't think they really lived through or understand the depth and the depravity of the McCarrick scandal. It's never been cleaned up. It's still burning. And you are the one bishop who kept beating the drum and you're out. And this once again, for me tells me there is something rotten and sick in the church. And as a layman, I can say that I don't know what else they could do to me. Maybe they could say, I can't receive communion anymore. I don't know, but we as Catholic lay people, priests, and even bishops need to say the McCarrick situation must be answered and handled. Yeah.
1: And, and really Taylor that, is absolutely huge Mm -hmm. and it will in many ways it will take divine intervention Yeah, because there are too many that have the levers of power in the church who 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 won't survive it won't keep their position won't be able to be cardinal or bishop or whoever um there are too many that are so woven into that corruption, they simply cannot let it happen. Um, And so it will take a lot of strength. I I always remember Pope Benedict, um, just before he died, there was something that came out um, and it, it may have been said, anyway, his message was he prayed for strong bishops. And mm-hmm. frankly, you know, it, it's, it, it really is odd for me because I, I know me and I don't consider myself bold and strong, but I do have a heart full of love for Christ and his church. And that's what gives me strength. If I have any strength at all, it's from Christ and his church with the Blessed Virgin Mary and her mantle just strengthening me and protecting me from the evil that is in the church and in the world. But I think you're absolutely right, um, Taylor, that the, the McCarrick scandal is still, like I said, it's a, it's a cancer eating away at the, bo- the body of Christ, at the church as she exists. And the, the silence of the shepherds, I've had many people say, the silence of the shepherds will not be pardoned and that's a pretty uh, jarring, startling thing to, for people to say, but I, I know that that's what I've heard. And I, and what they're talking about is that silence as one of the, the paramount silences of not being willing to call it out and to give a real report and say, I'm sorry, your eminences, I'm sorry, your excellencies, but, you're going to have to be removed you're going to have to step down from your position um that needs to happen and i can say that more freely now because i'm among the removed i'm still a bishop and i still have the responsibility spiritually i don't have a flock to administer but just like you know other i mean cardinal sarah cardinal mueller uh cardinal burke they are without an administration to be responsible for. They're not bishop they're they're all emeritus cardinals. And thankfully they speak up. Um I as a as an emeritus bishop at sixty five, I still have a lot of life in me and a lot of joy in Christ and his church. And I'm and I try to people have told me along the way, don't lose your joy. Um, at my ordination as a bishop, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. That was the, the hymn that it began with. And, and I, at the cathedral, very often, we have a, a fine organist who's been there ever since I was, uh, you know, a newly ordained priest. Um, but he very often will play that hymn without my requesting it, but he knows it's one of my favorites. Because if, if you know Jesus Christ, you you know joy. And if you know his church, you know the, the path to joy. And like you said, I mean, thankfully, your faith was strong enough to know, I'm not letting go of the joy, even if there's, everybody's corrupt, you know? And I've actually thought that, Taylor, that even if I was the last man standing, I would not abandon Christ and his church. I can't. Um, and, and thankfully, there are many, many that are with me. And we need to pray for those who are sort of teetering on the edge. It's sad that because. If people leave the church, I've always said this, even as a young kid growing up here in very non-Catholic area of East Texas, um, when people, and you know, most of the kids I grew up with aren't Catholic. They didn't continue to live as Catholics. The few that were there, we had like four in my first communion class. I'm the only one that's still Catholic. And I always said, because they don't really know what they have. They never And the church has done a horrendous job of teaching this treasure in our lifetime. I mean, I'm older than you, but even before my lifetime, the church, in a very, sadly, a very calculated way. I mean, it was purposeful watering down and not teaching the kind of question and answer Baltimore catechism that really drilled into people. I mean, that's a lot of education's broken, not just in the church, but sadly the church, rather than keeping that model for humanity, the church let go of it also. I mean, I'm not as well educated as, priest in the past. And thankfully, our seminarians are getting better formation where they are um, than at least the ones that I sent to seminaries when I was Bishop of Tyler. They're getting excellent formation. There are some excellent Catholic institutions still. Sadly, there are too many that bear the name Catholic, but that's about it. They have this big letters that spell out Catholic on the front facade but it really is just a facade. And they're teaching things that are contrary to Christ. They're teaching things that the the Vatican is pumping out and has been for too long. Um, You know, veritatis splendor from uh, Pope St. John Paul II. I think that's one of his most important documents because it's all about the splendor of truth. And when you start monkeying around with the truth and pretending that we can change it uh, I mean, the arrogance in that. Uh, I'm 65 years old. it's That's my whole lifetime. But that's a drop in the bucket for human history. And to think that we suddenly have the wisdom to just alter it all in our generation. Talk about arrogance. And it's unhinged, really. It's, it's losing touch with the basic fundamental truths that will continue wherever whatever in you know in a hundred years the history books will look at this and you know they'll probably have their slants as they always do but the truth that i'm fighting for in speaking will be, will still be the truth in the year 22 23. i mean it doesn't change as long as the earth is i mean people talking about is this the end of the world Thankfully, Christ answered that question. Only the father knows. Even the son looks to the father for the end of it all. Um, I think, you know, there, the church, this is a major time of change for sure. And who knows? And I, I'm sure you and your beloved wife, you know, you think about what's the world your kids are going to be left with. And I'm sure that what's, that's what motivates you to do a lot of your work to say, we've got to hang on to the truth and share it with them so that hopefully they can do some rebuilding. And It's happened many times through society through human history, um, but there's going to be a time of rebuilding for just human society and for the church.
0: Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting as you, as you were explaining all that, I was thinking, you know, the people who are silent or covering up for McCarrick and the people who want to change everything through the synodal process are the same people. And that right there should be an alarm going off to everyone. You know, yeah. the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd And if you see the people aligned with McCarrick who were appointed by McCarrick, who got their positions under the reign of McCarrick, they're the same people over here. And then you go even Um, one step further. You look at, you know, the Chinese patriotic church scandal, the things that Cardinal Zen have been warning us about. McCarrick's got his hand in that too. I mean, his fingerprints are all over and, Maybe we Catholics have sort of forgot about that. No, it is still a current problem in the church.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Taylor, I think that's really important.
0: Now, a lot of people have asked me, they've said, now is, is Bishop Strickland still a bishop? And of course you are, right? It's an ontological, metaphysical character on your soul. But can you maybe explain what you are to people? Cause a lot of people are confused.
1: <laughs> sure. Well, as you said, Taylor, I'm still a Bishop. Um, I still have the, uh, the sacramental power to, to do everything a Bishop does. Um, I I'm a Bishop uh, one way they speak of my situation. Um, I'm a Bishop without portfolio, which just means I am, I have nothing to administer. I don't have a community that I'm responsible for. So, you know, I'm a bishop emeritus, I'm a retired bishop. Um, where it is complicated and where, you know, the what, how the future unfolds, I don't know. As far as being, operating as a bishop, celebrating mass in, in a cathedral or in a church, Confirming, celebrating marriages, ordaining priests, all of that is only, I can only function in those ways with the permission of another bishop because every, you know, every part of the world, there's some bishop that is over that diocese. And so it will be interesting to see how all that unfolds. But certainly, I can celebrate the Eucharist, I can um, celebrate, uh, I, conf- I can hear confessions, I can anoint people, I can do all the, the priestly ministry of, of a priest or a bishop, um, but some of those uh, ceremonial activities are restricted by whether the bishop of that territory will, will allow me to celebrate that uh, marriage or, or whatever, uh, sacrament or, and then, you know, I, I intend, as I said, to continue to speak and I've already got people asking me, can you come to this conference or do this or that, um, that will more or less be in the same kind of format. Um, certainly this kind of work online, you know, that no Bishop really can police that, um, So I can, you know, do this all the time and I intend to do more. I've I've just started a YouTube channel and I, um, intend to be, I mean, I I guess I've been a very much online presence already, but it is a way to communicate. As I've said to people many times, I think St. Paul would have tweeted if, if that had existed, it's a way to get truth out there. I mean, like this morning, I said, let's prepare for advent. By renewing our consecration to the sacred heart of christ through the immaculate heart of mary you know that's a that's a very beautiful catholic thing that you can put in a tweet the vast majority of my tweets has been that kind of thing just encouraging people live their faith embrace living as a catholic so i can still do all of that um, as far as conferences in a in a big venue in some diocese that will depend on whether you know the bishop welcomes me or not um and you know we'll just see how that works out but i'm i'm you know there there's really no restriction on what i can do other than being respectful of the bishop there you know i could sneak in and do something but i'm not going to do that that's Contrary to what, you know, the dignity that the church needs to to have. So, you know, um, if, if I, I mean, and that's always been the case. If a bishop, you know, a bishop of a diocese is asked to go to another diocese, a courtesy is to let that bishop know. I think it goes a little bit beyond that for me because, you know, I know there's some bishops who would say, Absolutely not. Strickland's not setting foot in any church in my diocese. Others I've had a few um, already reach out and say you would be welcome here anytime. Uh, so you know that that's just sort of the reality of of where things are. Um, one of the bishops said, and it's sad, but I think it needs to be known. Um, one of the bishops said, this scared the bishops. I mean, me being removed yeah. scared them. So I think it worked, sadly. I mean, it's like, how can we be successors of the apostles and be shepherds of our flocks and let this kind of thing scare us and say, oh, well, I'll have to be even more quiet because I don't want to get the Strickland treatment. It's like, come on, guys, do your job. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, it's not even a job. It's a vocation.
0: It's a vocation. And, you know, I have wife and kids and mortgage. These are celibate men who are living like the life of the apostle Paul. They're called to give up everything, not look back. So, and I think, you know, the fact that you were sacked right before the USCCB meeting is another strategic sign because what is the very first thing all those bishops talked about as soon as they walked into the general assembly of the United States bishops, man, can you believe what happened to Bishop Strickland? Oh, wow. He had it coming. Oh, I don't know. I'm nervous about this. You know, this was what they discussed and you were there outside.
1: And really Taylor, I would say, I know we're about at the end. I really, it amazes me that those men that were in that room in 2018 when I said do we believe this or not for them five years later continuing to cling to their position and to you know keep the smoke screens going it really does become a question of belief do we believe in what the gospel yesterday talks about the separation of the sheep and the goats do we believe there is a final judgment do we believe that this life is only a journey to everlasting life. As I think it's GK Chesterton says beautifully, if you live this life in, I mean, it's not a direct quote, but the gist of what he says is, if you live in this world with your eyes on heaven, then you can have a blessed life here and in heaven. If you live in this world, ignoring heaven, you may have, you know, a temporary fun or whatever. You may think it's all great, but you're going to end up in everlasting disaster and condemnation. Uh, You know, so that's what it comes down to. And when Vigano wrote that first letter, he included that. He said, I'm not a young man. I've got to speak the truth. I don't know if everything uh, Archbishop Vigano says is, is perfectly accurate or not. He said a lot. But that original letter, and that's 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 really even prior to the meeting in November, he wrote that letter and I was inspired for whatever reasons, I said, it is credible and it needs to be investigated. I said that right out of the, I mean, I was one of the first to say anything about that Vigano letter. I don't know what's true, I know it isn't. I'm not an investigator, but there are investigators and there are people that know truth that they're making sure doesn't get out there i all of us need to think about our eternal soul and ask ourselves is it worth damnation to hang on to whatever i mean we see that kind of corruption in the world all the time sadly we see it very evident in the church as well
0: do you think there'll be a future pope who will investigate this time make big decisions about it
1: uh yes um i'm not sure how that will work but i think in many ways it has to happen for the church to really be renewed and to get through this to to deal to cut out the cancer i think it has to happen I'm not, i don't have any prediction of exactly how that works i mean it's It's going to be very complicated, but I read recently Cardinal Pell, um, just a brief book about um, it's Pell Contramundum, Pell Against the World, and a lot of what he said. I mean, sadly, we lost him right as he was really beginning to tackle some of this. Um, Sadly, he's not here, but people like Cardinal do not get
0: any surgery in Rome while you're. Don't get any, <laughs> don't get any surgery. No, no.
1: Well, I'm not planning to be in Rome anytime soon. So, uh, yeah, I, I think you do have to be, you know, as gentle as the dove, but as cunning as the serpent, <laughs> you know, and not yeah. put yourself out there to get, get harmed. Um, it, you know, that, but I think we all need to just remember, you know, as I've said many times and people, like it or hate it, but the last canon and the code of canon law says it's all about the salvation of souls. That's what we're talking about. The salvation of every person on the planet, the sanctity of their lives from conception to natural death in the ways that lives are being devastated and destroyed, even in the church and in the world today. It needs to be addressed. We need to, we need a purification of humanity at this point.
0: Yeah. You know, when I I talk to people and they say, oh, you know, Bishop Strickland, what's he like in real life? I always say, (laughs) I always say he's, he's like a East Texas Baptist who became a bishop. He's always talking about the Lord Jesus and, you know being a believer and praying about this and praying about that. And it's, it's a refreshing reminder that not all bishops are just CEOs. There's bishops out there who talk about Jesus and pray and, you know, do what bishops should be doing. So I would say what, what is the, core of your spiritual life that gives you that joy and that evangelical fervor? Where does that come from?
1: Eucharistic adoration, period. Um, Really, as I've said, I I like a quote of my own that uh, I said recently in one of the conferences, the Blessed Virgin Mary took me by the rosary and pulled me, Closer to the Sacred Heart of her Son through Eucharistic Adoration. It really started with a deeper prayer of the Rosary. I love the Rosary, and it's it's just a reflection on, and it just keeps expanding for me. A reflection on the entire life of Jesus Christ incarnate among us, and then to be in Eucharistic Adoration and pray in the presence of the One that I'm praying about in the mysteries of the Rosary. Um, those two are the, the, the fuel that keeps me going and the joy that keeps my heart close to the love between the immaculate heart and the sacred heart. So Eucharistic adoration and praying the rosary, um, that's it.
0: Awesome. Beautiful. And then as just sort of a closing, as we come to the end, what would you say to people who are hurt? confused, maybe they've had a thought, like, maybe I should leave the Catholic Church, or you know, maybe they're really frustrated or in a bad place with their own bishop or their pastor. What is, what is your word of, of consolation or encouragement to them?
1: Well, um, I guess one thing that I would say that comes to me just as you asked that question is, remember, whatever circumstances you're in right now, It's temporary. Bishops come and go. um, And things change. So if there are things that are troubling, and and I know that there are many people in those situations, priests and laity, um, in situations that they're just frustrated. But as we talked about so much already, don't leave the church and recognize popes come and go. Bishops come and go, I mean, life changes, hang in there. I've known people that were in in marriage situations where they couldn't receive communion for decades, but they stayed with the church and then the situation changed and they were able to begin receiving again with great joy. So don't leave the church no matter what. And remember, whatever burden you're carrying now, it's temporary. Look for eternity and hang on to the path to eternity that is Jesus Christ and his church.
0: Amen. Yeah, there's a saying in Italy I learned, skinny folk, skinny Pope, fat Pope, skinny Pope. Have you ever heard that one? No. It's, I asked, what does that mean? And it means Pope's come and go. In Italy, we've had hundreds of popes over the years. There's a skinny pope, a fat pope, skinny pope. It's just popes come and go. There's sort of a, a much longer memory in Italy of the papacy. And um, I, I, without commenting on our current situation, I just hold out hope that a future pope will investigate this time and right some of the wrongs and be a standard and firm and loud advocate of the faith that never changes, to set everything straight. Well, Billy
1: Taylor, I pray for that miracle for Pope Francis, honestly, I, I truly do. I pray, wouldn't it be an amazing turn of events for him to wake up one day and say, this, 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 and this, or the truth, all the rest of this, forget about it. And and begin to address it even with some of the people that he's got around him. I pray for that because it needs to happen for his sake, for the church's sake. And certainly if he is unwilling, I mean, we always, God gives us free will. Um, if he is unwilling to, to have that conversion, then absolutely the next pope, or the next one after that. Somewhere along the way, I mean, the Pope, the chair of Peter is the the unifying, the the Supreme Pontiff. That's about building bridges, connecting, unifying. And we can only be unified in Jesus Christ as his body. So I, I pray very sincerely for Pope Francis to to embrace that call of what it means to sit in the chair of Peter.
0: Have you had any personal interaction with Pope Francis?
1: A little, not, not I mean, recently, since this has happened. But, uh, no, no, no,
0: no. No phone call, no text, nothing. No. <laughs> I thought it'd be interesting. That'd be really...
1: Yeah, that'd be real interesting.
0: Yeah. Well, um, Bishop Strickland, would you close us with a prayer or a blessing, whatever you like uh, for the audience sure. watching?
1: almighty god we thank you for the blessing of every day for the opportunities we ask your blessing for everyone who will listen to this conversation that they may be drawn closer to the sacred heart of your son through the immaculate heart of mary may all the saints especially the martyrs inspire us to carry our own crosses and to always have the hope and the joy of being 21st century disciples of Jesus Christ, members of his church, the mystical body of Christ that is the church, help us to be strong and joyful in living our faith. And we ask this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, thank you, Bishop Strickland. You have a new YouTube channel. What's the name of your new YouTube channel so people can find it from here?
1: I don't even know yet, (laughs) but I'll I'll be posting that.
0: Probably something Bishop Strickland, I imagine. So um, we'll, when we get that, we'll add it to the show notes here. And then uh, you also have your website where you put your pastoral letters. Where can people find your website?
1: Bishopstrickland.com.
0: Bishopstrickland.com. Anything else? Are you writing any memoir? You got a book? No. Not yet. Not yet.
1: No, I, I, have to, I have to keep living a while before I start. Yeah writing my life
0: story. Amen. Well, thank you for spending time. I know uh, my audience for sure here at the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast has been looking forward to this. So thank you for just opening your heart, sharing, encouraging people. And uh, as a layman to a bishop, your excellency, please just keep doing it and keep encouraging us. Uh, I think it was Jesse Romero that called you America's bishop. It's kind of stuck. And I think a lot of people feel that way. So Thank you for your witness and for your prayers and your blessings, and, and I'm sure this audience will be remembering you and their rosaries and their prayers, so thank you so much.
1: Thank you. God bless, Taylor.
0: All right, everybody, if you like this, um, please share this video on Twitter and Facebook. Share it with your family and friends. There's a share button below. Please like the video if you haven't liked it already, and until next time, remember, our Lord Jesus Christ said you're the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless. Thank you, Excellency. Till next time.
1: Thank you. God bless.